emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into this. And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmons. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Journalist Carolyn Clifford. As journalists, we just have to keep doing what we're doing day in and day out. And all we can do is report the truth in a non-biased manner, and everything else will work itself out. Activist and thought leader Marcia L. Dyson. Obviously not Nancy Pelosi, because again, because of social media, she said what she said, but that she's not going to be the one who stopped. Uh, her colleagues from not only thinking out loud, but talking out loud, whoever they are, authentically. Pastor and intellectual, Dr. Frederick Haynes III. In the black church, according to the uh, brilliant author and historian and scholar, L.H. Welchel, uh, he said the black church was born as a protest movement. Uh, that's the reason the black church came to be. And if we're going to be honest to uh, scripture, 
I mean, the church itself uh, came out protesting. It was a movement of prophetic witness uh, to, you know, the insurrection of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. And of course, you're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. Thank you so much for tuning in on tonight. We're so very excited, as we always are, uh, that you tuned in to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Of course, I am your host uh, of this show, and uh, we've been doing this for over two years now. Uh, just really very excited about uh, this platform and those of you who tune in each and every week want to welcome uh, those of you who are new listeners to the show. Um, we thank you so much for taking a few minutes to tune in to this podcast uh, where we talk politics, where we talk race, where we talk religion, popular culture and a whole lot more. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. We try to bring you the best minds, giving you their best thoughts and you can only find it here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And this show, of course, is no exception. Tonight's show is no exception. We got a great show in store for you. And again, those who are listening for the first time, our show is available on all of the major podcasts, Spotify, podcasting network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, um, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, there are a number of uh, podcasting networks that carry our show. You can also listen to it on our personal ministry website, michaelnimmons.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-N-I-M-M-O-N-S.com. Just go to the podcasting or the podcast link there on the uh, in the menu, and you'll be able to see the listing of uh, 130 two shows this is the 132nd show of the thinking out loud radio show i can't believe it myself guys over 20,000 streams and downloads two years later here we are and we're so very very excited that you've tuned in to tonight's show as i said this is a great show on tonight we're calling it justice or just us as we said in the, the show description iconic comedian richard Pryor said it best when blacks seek justice they often get just us uh let that resonate for a minute there when blacks seek justice they often get just us and even though that statement was made some 30 or 40 years ago it seems to be a statement as that is as relevant now as it was back then black people are arrested at a much higher rate than any ethnicity in this country, black and brown boys and men are still the victims of police brutality more than any other community in this country. And black people as a community have felt the brunt of the criminal justice system in a way no other community has. And again, that's why tonight's show and interview is so, so very powerful and poignant. I'm so very happy to have 
educator and activist uh, and black mom, uh, Kelly Williams Bolar, on the show with us on tonight. I spoke of her on last week uh, as we were discussing uh, the actress Felicity Huffman case. Uh, and uh, she was the black mom who falsified her home address so that she could send her key, her daughters to a better school in a better school district. She was sentenced to three years in prison. Uh, she actually served 10 days in jail, uh, three years probation and 80 hours of community service with a $30,000 fine that she didn't have to pay, but she definitely had to pay restitution and other legal fees. As a result, she also lost her father uh, in this whole ordeal. Uh, he went to prison for a year. Uh, she shares all of this in her uh, in her uh, interview on tonight. And we talk a lot about this and we talk a lot about uh, the inequities within the American criminal justice system as well. Uh, she isn't the only mom. Uh, the only black woman that has spent time in prison uh, because they have uh, what they called um, district jumping. Uh, and uh, we also talk about that in this interview as well. So we've got a great show in store for you on tonight. So you don't want to go anywhere. Uh, we're also going to be talking about. Oh, first of all, let's, I want to give another. I want to give a shout out to actor Jarrell Jerome. Uh, many of you know him. Uh, he played Corey Wise in the uh, powerful Emmy nominated docuseries uh, When They See Us uh, just over the weekend. Uh, Corey Wise, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Jarrell Jerome uh, won an Emmy for his role as Corey Wise. I said that uh, in a show in the show that we did this um, that we did an interview with my good friend uh, Boyd White. We did a series entitled When They See Us and also wrote a blog about it as well. And uh, he did a, a phenomenal job. And I said that young man should win an Emmy. Uh, you know, if he is uh, nominated and certainly he did so and want to send him a congratulations because he did a phenomenal job in playing that role uh, on uh, Ava DuVernay's uh, Emmy nominated uh, docuseries entitled When They See Us. And if you haven't read the blog or even haven't seen the Netflix special, I I, I strongly encourage you to go out and uh, and and see it. And then, of course, you can listen to our podcast. We it was a part two parter. Uh, with Boyd White, we talked about the docu-series. We talked about, uh, again, the inequities within the American criminal justice system and how our black and brown men and boys are affected and impacted by it. Uh, we also um, wrote a blog about it as well. And you can all you can get all of that right from michaelnemons.com. A lot of great content there. So please stop by our website and uh, and take advantage of uh, that you can just go right to the uh, michaelnemons.com the menu is the blog menu and uh, in that particular blog we have embedded links to uh, uh, both parts of that podcast so you can not only read the blog but you can also listen to the podcast while you are uh, uh, perusing through that blog 
Uh, also, during our What Are You Thinking About segment, we're going to be talking about Nancy Pelosi's official announcement of uh, an official impeachment inquiry. We are here, guys. We are officially here. Um, today is the day, Tuesday. Mark your calendars. You know, make a dot, make a make an asterisk on your calendar. September 24th, we are finally here. Uh, the impeachment inquiry has been officially announced by Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. We want to talk a little bit about that in our What Are You Thinking About segment. What are the implications? Where do we go from here? What does all of that mean? We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. We're also going to talk about Kanye West, Sunday Services, um, uh, rapper, uh, rap mogul, um, now turned uh, uh, Christian is um, having Sunday services and he is coming to Detroit. That's right. Sunday, September the 27th, this coming Sunday, it was just posted on Facebook um, that um, they were uh, registering uh, choir members for this service. Uh, So uh, we're going to talk about the Kanye West Sunday services. Uh, Definitely um, a, um, Hot topic for a lot of people on social media. We're going to share some of the comments that we've gotten so far, uh, you know, just perusing social media and asking about what people's thoughts are. We're also going to share our thoughts as well in our What Are You Thinking About segment. And finally, finally, we're talking about our adopted choir, uh, the Detroit Youth Choir. The Detroit Youth Choir, um, did they get a million dollars? I mean, you all know by now they came in second place uh, on last Wednesday of America's Got Talent to Cody Lee, who won the million dollar prize. But uh, something very special happened on last Thursday, September, uh, last Friday, September the 18th. We're going to share that with you. If you if you don't already know, we want to share that with you uh, during our what are you thinking about segment? Uh, and of course, we have a, a dynamic thought of the week, uh, hearkening back to uh, a time in our country's history uh, just 11 years ago uh, when we elected the first African-American president of the United States. want to share with you a powerful speech, his first address as president-elect of the United States Barack Obama. I want to share that with you uh, during our what do you, uh, during our thought of the week. So we've got a great show in store for you on tonight. So all that being said, let's get to it. You is live. A sea of race fists and silence. Twenty twenty fight is getting very real. Democrats jumping in, speaking out. Jussie Smollett. A month ago, few people knew who he was. You're watching The Breakfast Club. If you take it all into consideration, Stephen A. Listen, the argument that where, where you absolutely disgust me. A dilemma right now. How are you feeling? Better than I deserve. You feel better today? I'm getting there. Yeah. What are you thinking about? Boom, 
What's up, everybody? This is the September 24th edition of the What Are You Thinking About segment where we talk about everything that you're thinking about. And I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, bumper music. Uh, Jesus Walks, that's right We're going to be talking a little bit about Kanye West in this segment So we decided to uh, play his instrumental uh, as the uh, background music for this segment Jesus Walks, Jesus Walks um, Off of, I believe it was his first uh, solo album uh, College Dropout, I believe that was what it was called Uh, But nevertheless, the first album Uh, Topic for tonight is Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, officially announcing that they're going to be pursuing an impeachment inquiry of President Donald Trump. That is correct. It came out uh, towards the end of the workday today, September 24th. Pelosi calls out president's betrayal of his oath of office and announcing formal impeachment inquiry, according to CNN politics. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Tuesday announced a formal impeachment inquiry into President Donald Trump, a dramatic and historic move that comes as the president faces outrage over reports that he pressured a foreign leader in an effort to target a political rival. This came out uh, uh, after um the Mueller um uh the Mueller um Robert Mueller's testimony. In fact, what I understand uh according to reports, Donald Trump was on the phone with the Ukrainian president um you know uh discussing um you know President Biden's son you know, of course, you know what the Mueller report was about and obstruction of justice and, and all of the things that came out of it. And for if this to be true, if this is all true, the president, again, is flying in the face of, uh, you know, the Constitution, uh, you know, right, wrong, whatever. He's flying in the face of all of it. And saying, I'm going to do what I want to do. And so the Speaker of the House has finally had enough. I believe 155 um, Congress um, congressmen and women have combined themselves and joined together uh, to um, vote in favor of moving forward with an impeachment inquiry. So this is where we are, guys. Um, and, and this is where I am with all of this, because, you know, um, we, we, we are we know what the challenges are. We know what the challenges they're going to face with the um, Democratic majority House and the, uh, the 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 Republican majority in the Senate. Uh, you know, the impeachment inquiry is officially being launched. But for me, it's not, not really about whether he is impeached or not. And hear me out, because. Uh, I think what's important in my in my mind and what I've heard from other uh, individuals who are supporting this is it is better to to do something than than to just sit by and do nothing, because the, the more the less you do, it seems like the more. Uh, the, 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 the more rebellious, the more um, narcissistic, the, 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 the crazier, the more ridiculous this administration becomes. And so 
it also it also become it also makes the Democratic Party look even weaker. I believe the more that you continue to let this man get away with murder. You know, you know, to show how to get away with murder. He's showing you exactly how each and every day in the Oval Office and nothing is being done. There is no checks and balances at all on this administration. And we've talked about this in previous shows. What would have what would you know, what would all of this have happened if Obama was the president and he was the one? That was flying in the face of right and wrong. And he was, um, you know, he didn't care about whether, um, you know, he didn't care what the American people thought. He didn't care what Congress thought. Uh, he did what he wanted to do. There were no checks and balances on him whatsoever. I don't think Obama would have made it out of his first year uh, in office. I think he would have been impeached right away. Uh, and we all know the challenges that he faced uh, in office. We talked about that in uh, in our podcast with uh, Republican strategist Wayne Bradley a couple shows ago. You can go listen to that podcast available at michaelnemons.com or Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Obama versus Trump, Trump versus Obama, part one and part two. So uh, we talk about that in those uh, in those shows. But, um, you know, here we are. This is where we are. Are and and uh, again, for me, it's not whether he is impeached or not. The, the the I think the Congress has been put in this position, and their hand has been forced. And at this point, this is where we have to go, and uh, let let the chips fall where they may. I think that is not going to affect the election uh, in 2020. Uh, the American people. Um, he has he doesn't have a favorable approval rating he's never had one since he's been president uh, so that that if that's a barometer of you know what the american people think of his presidency i don't think we have anything to worry about in november of 2020 um i again i i, I think that uh, everything really is on the side of um of Congress and what's going to happen as a result of all of this is more stuff will come out. The American people will now become more educated about um, what is actually going on in the Oval Office and how um, uh, derelict and irresponsible this president is and has been uh, in this office. And so I think this is really the direction that we should be going uh, again. Please don't get confused about whether he will be impeached or not. Uh, I, I don't really think he will be. I think things will uh, will kind of work themselves out in the election in November. Uh, but nonetheless, this impeachment inquiry uh, will take us there. Uh, and, and it will, I think, help to create the narrative that we need a new uh, face in the White House. We need a new president in the White House. If nothing else, I think it will work uh, harmoniously with the election in 2020. Uh, I, 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 I feel that way. Um, and of course, we talked about this as well. You know, if he is in peace, you know, people are saying, well, Mike Pence will become the uh, president of the United States. But here's something else they haven't thought about. Yes, Mike Pence becomes the president and he may be harder to deal with in some respects. But guess who becomes the vice president? That's right. Speaker Nancy Pelosi. That is correct. She becomes vice president. 
And because of there is a Democratic House majority, guess who becomes Speaker of the House? A Democrat will become not will be nominated and uh, appointed or elected Speaker of the House. So so this so the chess pieces will now be moving more in the favor of of the Democrats, I believe. So I think this is um, this is a good thing. I hope you uh, those that are listening on tonight. I love to hear and get your thoughts as well. Um, you know, I posted this on our uh, Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page. And, you know, of course, we got some mixed reviews from those who are skeptical about whether uh, this will happen. Uh, again, I don't want to get you. I don't, I don't want to get too caught up uh, in um, the logistics of it. But I really think that, you know, if and when or whether or not he is in peace is not something we should be concerned about. I think that this is important uh, for Congress to begin to create the narrative or to share the narrative of this man's presidency and I think it will go it will it will uh it lines up very well with the uh the election coming up in November. Shouts out to Kamika Hughes, a good friend of mine. She posted on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook page as much as I could uh, I would love this nothing is going to come out of this. This is what she uh this is what she said. So um I uh, she also followed up. I, uh, I asked her, "What is your biggest reservation about pursuing an official impeachment inquiry?" Kamika followed up with, "Yep. Plus, we have a Republican-controlled House. It may get through this. It may not. It, it may get through the Senate, but it will f- fail in the House." That I think she had it backwards. I think what she was trying to say is, "We have a Democratic-controlled House, but we have a Republican-controlled Senate. So it will, it will definitely make it through the House, but it will fail in the Senate. But regardless of what." Whether it fails uh, or not in the Senate, um, I think again the narrative will be created uh, in the in the minds of the American people that this president does not deserve a second term in office. So I think that this inquiry will line up very well with the candidates that are the Democratic candidates that are running for uh, election for 2020, and uh, in my mind, it almost guarantees that a Democrat. Uh, will uh, win in November of 2020. Love to get your thoughts and feedback about that as well. Also, of course, we're talking Kanye West, Kanye services, uh, Sunday services uh, are coming to the city of Detroit. That's right. Kanye uh, is uh, was just announced on today. I posted on Twitter. I posted on my Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page, facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, calling all singers Friday, September 27th. Um, I guess they are, uh, you're, regist- you're able to register for. Um, uh, for Kanye's uh, service that is coming to Detroit, uh, you could go to uh, well, the the registration is closed right now, but the link was Kanye West Sunday Services, uh, Kanye West Sunday Service Detroit dot ticket low city dot com ticket 
LOCity.com. Go there to register, but uh, registration is now closed. I, I imagine it's already filled. So um, the specifics about where this service is going to be taking place and when is not exactly sure. Uh, online registration, again, is closed for it, but there was a flyer that was posted with uh, where you could go uh, to register. But there are people that have been making comments, of course, about uh, Kanye West and these Sunday services. He had one uh, recently at um, uh, Dr. Jamal Harrison Bryant's uh, church in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, uh, there's a, a video of it circulating around YouTube. And the service was, um, you know, uh, well attended. Kanye was there, of course, and shared a little bit of his testimony. For me, um, well, I'll, I'll, before I get into my what my thoughts are, I'll, I'll share with you some of what uh, people are saying. Um, my good friend Suge, uh, uh, Satan, uh, she said Satan was a choir director or ruler of music. That's right. He was, his name was Lucifer when he was kicked out of heaven. Um, there were others that made statements and comments as well. Um, David Espinoza, he said, boo, 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 Kanye West sucks, boo, 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 if I could throw tomatoes at him, I would. <laughs> uh, some of uh, some other comments, Carl Roberts, I believe Kanye is using the church-based platform for his own personal public image while trying to showcase his selfish agenda to lift up himself. Uh, just a few comments here. Um then you have some who are in favor of or supporting Kanye West and um, and their support of him uh, is is I, I, there's two camps really um, with the, with with this um, those who support the services do so because Kanye is using his musical genius to do the Lord's work. Those who are against say they are not convinced that it is the Lord that Kanye is promoting. And for me, I think time will tell. So I'm I'm I guess I'm 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 like an objective observer of all of this. And um I don't want to jump to any conclusions because I think the church is good at jumping to conclusions uh, when celebrities like Kanye and Snoop Dogg and others, uh, you know, confess or profess their love for Christ. And I think it's good that they do that. Um, but I don't I don't want to jump to conclusions or deify them or, you know, um, or, uh, you know, um, uh, or even vilify them because um, because of their profession of faith. Um, I, I, I really feel like we just need to take time and just observe and watch. The Bible talks about you will know a tree by the fruit that it bears. Um, sometimes the church gets so excited when someone from the other side uh, uh, crosses over or makes an attempt to cross over that we, um, we, we almost lose, we, we almost become, um, you know, uh, pseudo fans of theirs and, and lose sight of, we, we really, we, we lose sight of who they are worshiping 
and we lose sight of who the focus should really be and it should be about Christ it should not be about Kanye but it should really be about the God that he is serving um, and and um, and that's why I'm kind of like a objective observer of all of this because I want to make sure that these services are not about Kanye West but they're really about those who are trying to get a closer relationship and connection with God and not to get um, a photo op or uh, to, to, to get close to Kanye because he is a flawed young man just like all of us. He's imperfect. He has mistakes. He's made some right in the, in, in the public's eye. And another thing I'll say is this, because for a celebrity, everything, mo- most of their life is played out right in front of us. Um, we see them, we see their ups and we see their downs. And, and it's not fair in a sense, in the same sense, because for those of us who are not celebrities, our lives are not on public display. And so our flaws and our faults and our ups and our downs are not always uh, visible for everyone to see. Unfortunately, it's not the same for this, this gentleman here. Um, and so I just think that we need to move uh, circumspectly. We need to move a little bit more cautiously um, and be an observer of all of this instead of uh, instead of just coming out being an outright fan of uh, of his. I, that's just my thoughts on all of this. I, I truly believe that um, uh, that it's good to, to hear him talk about Jesus Christ. But we all know that he called himself Jesus before. Um, you know, he's you know, rappers. He, he, like other rappers in this industry, have tried to uh, kind of deify themselves and make themselves like God or gods. And so that's why I'm, I'm really kind of taking my time to kind of observe all of this to really see what the final outcome will be. Uh, so I love to get your thoughts and feedback about that as well. And finally, we're talking to Detroit Youth Choir, a great choir. I'm just so excited about them. Of course, you know, they um, they did not win uh, the America's Got Talent, but they came in second place to Cody Lee. That's right. Uh, Cody Lee was the autistic, blind, and deaf uh, young man who was very talented, uh, talented pianist and singer on America's Got Talent. He won the million-dollar prize, but uh, the Detroit Youth Choir did a phenomenal job. I got a chance to of course see the show rooting for them voted for them talked with uh, director Anthony White uh, the day after they made the finals Uh, he was very excited about the opportunity Uh, but again they didn't win but they came back on Friday September 18th Uh, they came back to Detroit they arrived at Metro Detroit Airport at 1230 a.m. driven in a charter bus police motorcade to Greater Grace Temple where they were greeted by tens of hundreds of well-wishers uh, and uh, later that day in Campus Marshes Park, the city of Detroit celebrated this awesome choir. Mayor Mike Duggan presented the director Anthony White and DYC with a key to the city. That's right, guys. And if that wasn't enough, the announcement came that local businesses and foundations had come together to give the Detroit Youth Choir drum roll, please, one million dollars 
That's right. One million dollars. Detroit foundations and business like Skillman Foundation, Kresge Foundation, Huntington Bank, Bank of America came together and they uh, made an endowment of a hundred of one million dollars to the Detroit Youth Choir. They instantly became an institution on Friday, September the 18th. And what's also interesting about all of that is this donation, this endowment is what is called an endowment into perpetuity, which means that it is that this endowment will, will for as long as the Detroit Youth Choir is in existence, this million dollar endowment will be there. It will be there for them to use whenever it is whenever money is spent it will be replaced there will always be money there in the form of, of one of a one million dollar endowment to the detroit youth choir and we want to send a special shout out to skillman foundation kresge foundation huntington bank bank of america for making this contribution to these worthwhile young people i i can't think of a better way to really celebrate these young people who did a f- amazing and phenomenal job on America's Got Talent. I can't wait to have Anthony White back on the show for him to share with you some of his experiences there, being a, uh, being there in Hollywood for a month with uh, with those young people. Uh, he's very excited about the opportunity to come back on and share with you some, give you some inside uh, uh, inside um, exclusive information on what happens behind the scenes of America's Got Talent. So I can't wait uh, to share that interview with you we're going to be doing that very very soon we'll be letting you know so stay tuned for that uh detroit youth choir is definitely our choir and um i love them to life and i thank god so much for them and shouts out again to the director anthony white and the detroit youth choir well that is our what are you thinking about segment for uh, September uh, 24th, 2019. This edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're going to take our first break of the night. If you have any questions or comments you want to make about anything we discussed during this segment or any part of the show, just go to facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud radio show. Drop us a comment there. Uh, hit us up on uh, Twitter at, at TOL Radio Host MSN or drop us a line at contact at michaelnimmons.com or go to our website. Leave us a comment there at michaelnimmons.com on our TOL radio show fan page. We love to hear from you. Well, we're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, we're getting right into our interview. Part one of our interview with educator and activist Kelly Williams Bolar. You don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to touch that dial. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. 
with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. This is Derek Mason, former All-Pro wide receiver of the NFL. I'm sending my man Michael Nimmons a special, special two-year anniversary with the Thinking Out Loud radio show, man. I am so proud of you, man. Keep doing your thing. Let's make this two years turn into four and then four into forever, man. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is radio host Michael Nimmons, and yes, it's tax time. Haven't filed yet? No worries. We've got the place for you. Consumer Tax Clinic. Take it from someone who knows. They will sit down with you, go over your return, give great advice, and look for the best possible return options. Let the experts at Consumer Tax Clinic help you get the refund you never thought you could. They did it for me. Let them do it for you. Call Consumer Tax Clinic at 248-395-0078. That's 248-395-0078. Or visit their website at ConsumerTaxClinic.com. That's ConsumerTaxClinic.com. Consumer Tax Clinic, a tax service designed with you in mind. All right, everybody, we are back on another uh, great edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And as you know, we're calling this uh, series uh, Justice or Just Us. And I have a very special guest on the line with us on tonight. Very excited to have her on and can't wait to get into this interview. But before we do, let's give her a proper introduction kelly williams bolar is an akron ohio based single mother bolar made headlines in 2011 when she was arrested and later convicted for sending her two daughters outside of their school district which was in a safer and more affluent area of ohio her story has since gained national attention especially in light of the college admissions scandal involving hollywood actresses felicity huffman and lori laughlin whose celebrity status and race may have gotten them a safety net as opposed to their lesser-known African-American counterparts. Since her incident, Bolar has made guest appearances reliving 
her unsettling experience on various news stations and talk shows. Bolar has shared panels and got the attention of celebrities and civil rights activists such as Reverend Al Sharpton, Roland Martin, Julia Chen, Mayor Kevin Johnson, Leah Remney, Santisha Jackson, daughter of Reverend Jesse Jackson, P. Diddy, Sean Combs, Whoopi Goldberg, and recently joined with Michelle Bernard. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show, educator and activist, Kelly Williams Bolar. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Kelly. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the Thinking Out Loud radio show uh, on tonight. And uh, and certainly those that are listening are aware of what's been going on in the news as of late with uh, actresses Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin with this college admissions scandal. Um, you know, things are are, um, you know, heating up as far as um, in the Twitter in the Twitterverse and on social media regarding uh, the sentence that was handed down to Felicity Huffman. You know, the the New York uh, attorney general said that this is the largest uh, college admission scandal in U.S. history. And yet uh, she was only sentenced to 14 days and thirty thousand dollar fine and uh, I think two hundred and fifty two hundred and fifty hours of community service. And so. It seems quite oxymoronic for this to be um, such a uh, such a large scandal and scam uh, in U.S. history. And yet this is the only um, sentence that was handed down of 14 days uh, to for this actress paying fifteen thousand dollars to have her daughter's SAT scam SAT scores corrected so that she could go to, um, you know, Stanford University. However, you know, it's great to be able to talk to someone like yourself who uh, is really in the center of all of this, um, being being that you, um, you know, falsified your home address uh, so that you could send your daughters to a better school district and um, in a better well, better school in a better school district. And, um, you know, as of late, you from what I understand in our conversations off air. Um, you, 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 we normally start forward. We, we normally start where, you know, where we, we kind of, you know, get to know the guest and have you really talk about yourself first. But I really want to start, uh, right where we are right now. Um, in the sense that, um, you know, you've been doing a lot of interviews recently coming off the heels of this sentencing of actress Felicity Huffman only getting 14 days, you know, Everybody seems to be up in arms about it, including myself. This show is called Justice or Just Us. I want you to tell us why uh, you're being contacted by media outlets around the country to give interviews about this case. Okay, so initially what happened was I, uh, someone like, okay, so I did hear about the situation, but it was kind of like apples and oranges where I just didn't think that, it was going to, you know, like, it was going to, like, come over to my 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 situation, my case, you know. Mind you, my case had been there, had been uh, existing for eight years. I just didn't think that, uh, I just didn't think anything of it. But, of course, I did kind of raise my eyebrows about it. Then, as time went on, 
I started getting uh, calls and, and, and people were telling me, hey, you're in a feed. You're in a feed, like more than normal feed. And I was like, oh, okay. And, I mean, like they were like really, it was started like at 2 o'clock in the morning. It went for days and they were just telling me, you're in the feed, you're in the feed, and which was like many feeds, okay. Mm-hmm. And come to realize they were just saying, they wanted to see what kind of justice these people are going to get since they're celebrities. You know, and they vet, and they're, uh, you know, they have uh, prestige, and you know, and all these different things of that nature. So they wanted to see where they were going to go versus what I, uh, what happened to me, being an average poor black mom in Akron, Ohio. So time goes by. Three months later, which is now three or four months later, which is now, which was last Thursday, um, as as the uh, case unfolded or the, or the judge uh, started to uh, sentence, then, you know, people started, I started getting calls again, you know, just letting me know what was going on. Like even, even inside the courtroom, they were telling me, uh, uh, Time Magazine was uh, letting me know what was going on, even on the inside, um, and that she was not going to get any kind of, um, she really wasn't going to get anything. She was going to be able to go home and see her family, uh, and she wasn't going to get any jail time. But the prosecutor's, were trying to be, they wanted to see some kind of just laws, or I don't even know if it's that they wanted to see just laws. I just think they knew that the people wanted to see justice. So, of course, that's when they stated to the judge, in the case of Kelly williams Bullard, we must give her something, something. Believe me, they weren't giving her anything. They said they were going to let her go home. She was just going to do some, kind of, some type of community service. Um, and then once that happened, and you know, they said we have to do something because they knew it was going to be, you know, people were going to say something, which they were, um, just because they wanted just laws. It's not even about it's not about me per se. It's about justice and and, and being equal out here, uh, you know. And, and it just so happened my name is in this um, vein of of trying just to be equal out here in the justice, you know. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just as a follow up to that question, you know, when you said Time Magazine was was telling you that um, that this this lady actress Felicity Huffman may not get any jail time at all. um, Did they also mention, you know, um, the rationale behind that? Did they tell you, you know, that, you know, what what is the you know, because they seem to be inside the courtroom what did they think the reason was that that she was not going to get any jail time? Oh, she just wasn't. That's what the judge was sentencing. That's what the judge was coming down with, and she wasn't going to get any jail time. Uh, she was going to get community service, uh, but that was it. Okay, and so of course that's like I said, that's when they had to, the prosecutors had to. Um, they had to explain or they had to, you know, make a statement. And they were just saying, in the case of Kelly williams Bullard, you must give some kind of jail time, something. And that's when that was handed down to her. Prior to that, she wasn't going to get any. And and, and they, didn't get it, they didn't give a reason why. Um, and if I don't, you, you may not have watched it. I was kind of like tuning in on CNN and there was a gentleman there, and he was saying it as well. He was like, oh, she's just got, um, she's not going to get any jail time. You know, like he was relaying because he had, he had the inside source. He was relaying the message as well. And literally about 20 minutes later, 
when they came back from maybe a commercial or something, it was faded. It said, oh, it's changed. Oh, she's getting 14 days. Wow. Wow. 14 days. 14 days, $30,000 fine, 250 hours of community service. You think that's fair? You know, I try my best, honestly. Listen, I try my best to not judge judge anything or anyone because I was judged so harshly in, in, in one moment of my life that I honestly try not to judge anyone. Now, there are complete differences, and I acknowledge that her going for 14 days, which will probably be a nice plush prison, something like Martha Stewart's prison. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to let that happen. It'll be a nice little area. Now we could talk about the differences because that's one. Hers was federal. Mine's was state. Hers mm-hmm. was, hers mm-hmm. was um, she had an opportunity to talk. To, um, she had The judge gave her an opportunity to get her to get things squared away at home. So she's at home right now uh, getting her, her, her ends tied or whatever the things that she may need to do if she even needs to do anything. Um, me, when I got when when I got sentenced, it was go to jail right now. You know, I got thrown under the courthouse and then taken to jail. Um, oh my goodness, it's many different. It's, it's, if you talk about parallels or differences, it's absolutely many many differences. Um, and it's just because of the prestige that they have. You think it had anything to do with the race? Oh, I, I, I mean, yeah, absolutely, I do. Um, and I, you know, I, I hate to, and I all, you know, sometimes I, I get reserved. I try not to always just say that, but no, it's the truth. I mean, money, power, race, all those elements are very important when it comes down to things like this, because we always have overzealous prosecution. Not just with, uh, not just with, you know, my scenario. This is across the. Board. This is across the United States. We have overzealous prosecution with our people. They put us in the jail at a higher rate, um, faster rate, uh, just on, just on, um, just on. You know, cause. Uh, it's funny. I have my aunt. She always say, you know, they have something in the uh, in the law books, or at least the police law books, where they say uh, just cause. So you can stop someone on just cause. And my auntie always used to tell me, especially when I was growing up, she said, yeah, just cause you're black. Hmm. It's not just cause, just cause you're black. That's why we just stop you for no apparent reason. So, yeah, you know, it absolutely has a, uh, a situation. It has absolutely, yes. The answer is yes. There is absolutely a color issue with them sending us to jail, sending me to jail, just there was other people that had the same scenario and they didn't go to jail you know the comparisons are staring us right in the face and you know um it's it's just uh you just can't help but think that it was because of this person's race it was because of this person's money it's because of this person's uh fame and notoriety that they got the sentence that they got and um you know she never got a mugshot Mm. They they have they have not. Matter of fact, neither ladies have any mugshot 
release, and they're not going to get any release because the federal investigations made a press release when this stuff first hit the fan, and they said they weren't going to release any hash, uh, mug shots. And with that, you know, I, I got a mug shot, cause I was, and I was, it was my first, it was my only mug shot. I was terrified. I was scared to death and didn't know what was getting ready to happen to my life. And that mugshot went global. Wow. Wow. I know you guys are enjoying our interview with educator and activist Kelly Williams Bolar in our series. We're calling Justice or Just Us. So happy to have her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show on tonight as we go over some of the details of um, this case. Felicity Huffman and actress Laura Laughlin, um, she's yet to be sentenced, but Laura, uh, but uh, Felicity Huffman, uh, for her involvement in this case, um, has gotten f- uh, 14 days, $30,000 fine, and 250 hours of community service. And, you know, we've just kind of been going over that. And I want to ask you, um, Kelly, do you think our criminal justice system is broken? Absolutely, it's broken. Absolutely. Um, we have to we need to go back and revamp and because what i do know is that it's broken when how can i say this it's broken for us (laughs) definitely broken for us because they utilize it to the to their good when they want to uh uh, they can take certain things from the revised codes, and then they can apply those things. And then, when you apply certain things, um, you can you can add or take away because it's all about the judgment of the judge, you know. And so, if you get a judge that have basically no mercy on you, which most of them, they don't care. They don't care about us. Um, that's why we get harsher sentences. So, yeah, to answer your question, absolutely. Don't, 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 course, man, I cannot let you go without talking a little bit about what's going on with uh, Jay-Z and the NFL. Catch it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Jay-Z said, you know, we're past milling. Because Jay-Z, you may be past milling, but... The guys that are still milling, the guys that are still fighting for injustice, they're not past milling. Everybody's screaming that, oh, Jay-Z's at the table now. We should be happy that one of us is at the table. Just because you're at the table doesn't mean we all eat this fact. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Thinking Out Loud you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial.
This is poet and lyricist Ty Scott King wishing radio host Michael Newman and the Thinking Out Loud radio show a happy second year anniversary. Y'all make sure y'all keep supporting, keep listening. This is God's work. So keep it locked in Jesus' name. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. you're enjoying our interview with educator and activist Kelly Williams Bolar. Let's get back into part one of this amazing story. And and to kind of add to that, you know, um, I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen the docuseries, but we did a, not only saw the docuseries, we actually did a couple shows about it. When They See Us, directed by Ava DuVernay and uh, the Central Park Five, the Exonerated Five, uh, young boys uh, that uh, were uh, falsely accused of raping the white woman in Central Park, and you know, serving uh, jail time, prison time for that for that crime. And and Ava DuVernay in an interview was asked this same question, and and her answer was, "The criminal justice system isn't broken; it's actually doing what it's supposed to do." It's doing what it is designed to do, and that is incarcerate uh, black and brown people. Um, And her and her answer was more like black and brown men or young boys and men. Uh, But, you know, I want to actually include black and brown people in general, because, um, you know, obviously your case and others, um, you know, are similar to, you know, you receive similar treatment, you know, for what has happened to you. And, um, and so I say that to say that, you know, we, we, we constantly talk about the system being broken, but I actually believe it's design is actually doing what it's designed to do. And that is put our young black boys, young black men, young black girls and black women behind bars. Um, and, and some have even called this the modern day slavery. What do you think of that? Oh, absolutely. And when you said that, I was thinking, yes, yes, yes. Um, It's definitely a tool to keep us uh, free labor, Mm. keep us not being, you know, to to not have a a, a decent life and to be repetitive and go back out there and do something else because now you have nothing to lose because you already have a felony. Um, I know in the state of Ohio, it's like like a goal for them to, to make sure you have two or more because you can get one felony removed, okay, and you can have a second chance at life. Mm. Mm. They try to make sure you get two or three because you can't get two or three removed. Mm. We, mm. Don't have, we don't have a system that we can do that. So, But you can definitely get one removed. So normally what they do is they try their best to make sure you have two or more felonies so you can't get it removed. Absolutely, absolutely. I know you guys are enjoying our interview with educator and activist Kelly 
Williams Bolar. So happy to have her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show on tonight. And we've just been talking about uh, this uh, recent case, Felicity Huffman, actress, uh, only getting 14 days for her involvement in this, the largest uh, U.S. college, uh, the largest college scam in U.S. history. Uh, just seems like uh, the, this is, you know, completely unfair uh, in the, the, the sentences that were meted out. Uh, but, you know, as I said earlier, we started um, kind of backwards because this case is so new and and you've been uh, interviewed and be, are being interviewed by uh, news outlets because of your story. And you have yet to share it on the air. But I want to get to that now. I want us I want you to. Uh, take your time and to share with us the details of uh, your story surrounding the decision that you made to falsify your home address. I believe you used your dad's address, in fact, so that your daughters could go to a better school in a better neighborhood in a better school district. So what happened was um, back in 2006, 2007, 2008, um, I had contemplated on sending my kids to my parents' school district. My father, um, he had, you know, he had bought, found the land, built him a home. He had been, him and my parents, they had been living there for 25 years or so. And he had been paying taxes and everything. And one day he just said, you know, bring the kids out here. You know, you're in college. I had just gotten a divorce. And I was just trying to make my way. I was subbing as a teacher assistant for the local school district. And so my father was like, look, bring them on here. I can watch over them. One was in third grade. The other one was in fifth grade. And he said, I can watch over them while you're, you know, during, uh, you know, making your studies. So I didn't, initially I didn't do it. I was like, I'm not going to do that. And, you know, you should always try to go with your first instinct. But I did not listen to myself. <clears throat> to my subconscious, so maybe a year later, um, I went on, and I went through the process, and I enrolled my kids. I lied, and I enrolled my kids in my parents' school district. I lied about the address, you know, because I just said that they uh, live, you know, that we live full-time um, in that area, in Copley Fairline City School District area. And so what happened was they went there the first year, beautiful, nothing happened, Everything flowed great. And then the second year, I received a letter, and the letter said, we have clear and convincing evidence that you do not live here. So what happened was they had uh, hired a private investigator to follow me around for roughly 14 days to see if I, where I lived. So, of course, um, you know, we, I tried to get something called a grandparent power of attorney. Actually, we did get a grandparent power of attorney. You have to go to the courthouse and receive that. And, you know, because the, the schools will take the grandparent power of attorney. But I guess, you know, basically they didn't want it, and it was like too little, too late. They just wanted me to remove my kids. But the judge has said, well, you know, they can stay there because she got the grandparent power of attorney. So I guess they fought that that winter. And so that June, I got a letter from the judge, and she just said, remove the kids, you know, and just send them back to your district. I did just that, literally, um, almost two years later, like 18, it wasn't quite two years, it was 18 months later, I received an indictment. Now, mind you, we had been back in the regular district for almost, you know, for 18 months. That's quite a while. 
to all of a sudden receive an indictment. But I guess they had to go through their discovery and try to figure out what you know what all they could uh, do. I don't know. So I received this postcard, and the postcard was an uh, indictment, and that's when the process began. I called my dad. I was like, Daddy, what? What is this? This is Ohio versus Kelly Williams Boulevard, and 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 you know, I think it might have said indictment on there on the postcard. So he was like, "Bring it over." So I did, and he received one as well. And we both had the same date to you know to be at the courthouse. So we went to the courthouse, and yes, it was Copley Fairline City Schools, and they were um, it was a grand theft and tampering with documents because I used my dad's address, and the grand theft was the price. Even though it, it was a public school, yes, but they were saying that um, I basically, like, I, it was it was, it was was theft because of the, they could charge you. Even though it was, it's, it's really confusing because you think, okay, so it's a school, uh, the state gives you for each child, each head, they, they give you X amount of dollars. But they, but so I'm even to this day, I'm still not all the way understanding because they were saying that I stole that dollars that could have, you know, he, they were saying the dollars need to stay home with their um, actual, you know, kids, and so basically I, they said that I had stole that money, so from them for for each child for each head count, yeah. So that's when the process began. So I, I uh, we go to we go to court, we have a trial. Um, and when we have the trial, you know, it, it, oh my gosh, it was so deep. But anyway, so we, we had the trial and I, I was found guilty and I remember just collapsing in my, in my dad's arms. I was just so sad. I was just crying. I just couldn't believe it. And I, I go, you know, they handcuff me and I go to jail. And then some of that uh, footage is definitely around because I was, um, they basically had to carry me out uh, of the courtroom. It was just, it was just a lot. And, um, so I go, I go to jail. I serve. I had a ten day uh, sentence, you know, and I had to go through, you know, the whole scenario of, you know, my mouth. Uh, they had to swab my mouth. They had to fingerprint, mugshot, the, everything. Oh my gosh! Um, I had to do community service. I had to do uh, biblical counseling. I had to do. Um, that's not what she called it. She called it something else, but she wanted me. It was some kind of counseling I had to uh, receive. Uh, now you now I don't mean to interrupt you, but but you said a ten day sentence. I thought it was three years. Uh, three years probation. Three years probation, and and then and a ten day sentence. Yes. Okay. Three years probation, uh, eighty hours of community service. It was it was um, what else? to write a letter to the judge of what I had, uh, you know, what I had done wrong. And, yeah, that was it. That was absolutely it. So I go go to jail and I start my, you know, do my my 10 days, and then I go, you know, go home. And then my father, he goes to jail too. Now, they tried to do the same thing with my father, but they couldn't. So they had to, so right then and there, they had to drop his charges because he didn't enroll them. And so they, they had to drop the grand theft and they had to drop the tampering with documents. But then they just started looking for other things. My father was 65 and he was very ill. So they just started looking for things. They were saying that, well, 
we're going to charge you, I think it was like, it was a lot of money. It was like $88,000 because he had medical, uh, they said he stole medical, um, when he, you know, medical, just medical things, whatever he needed when he went to the doctor, you know, just doctor visits, those things. They said it was that he had stole $88,000 from that. Because what happened was they was trying, because, you know, we we went, we stood trial together, and we stood trial for tampering with documents and falsifying records, but they had to drop his, so then they just started looking for anything. And once you get into, once you get into the lion's mouth, they're just not going to let you walk home. So, they said he had $88,000 worth of medical that he uh, basically stole for his medicine and stuff. And my father was like, 88000 He said, I never had $88,000 of no medicine. Like, how was that? You know, he was, trying to, he was trying to figure it all out himself. He was very confused. He was like, and I'm trying to figure out how is this, um, what, you know, basically he was treating him like he had stole welfare, you know, like, like food stamps or or, or something like that. He was trying to figure out, or the card or whatever. But he was trying to figure out how is this possible. But you know, again, when you get in, when you get inside the lion's mouth, they're just not going to let you go because they feel like you know they want to prove a point. Uh, he served one year. He died. He never came home. He died in jail. He served one year in prison. He served one year in prison. In prison. He was incarcerated. My father had never been in jail. He had never, ever been to prison, ever. And he was 65 years old. And my thing is, if you've never been in trouble, there's no reason for you to have to go serve that much time. And they knew. He was trying to figure out what this was even all about. Like, he was he was very sick anyway. He died there. He never came home. And what, again, you you know... That the prosecutors were saying he stole eighty eight thousand dollars. They were and they were trying to trip trying to attribute that to medical expenses or Medicare or something. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. And how were they? How were they relating that to? Were they in, were they trying to relate that to to you falsifying your uh, home address? Using his address, they were trying to make a connection between you and him, with the with the, with the address there, and 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 that was the nature of his prosecution. Yes. So uh, again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain. I was A, he was B. We stood trial together for tampering with documents and falsifying. Okay. So tampering with documents and. Uh, which is that, yeah, if, uh, grand theft and tampering with documents. Okay, that was what we were charged with. At that moment, once they realized my dad didn't do any of that, we were we, they already had they already had the jurors. Like we were we were starting the process, and they had to drop that, but they weren't just going to let him go. Right. You see what I'm saying? They weren't just going to let him walk because first of all, when this first hit the fan. It hit the fan. Like, I was getting calls. People were telling me people from all over the world was calling the courthouse. They had to unplug the the, uh, the phone out of the wall in that chamber because people were trying to figure this out. Now, now you're stirring up the fishbowl. So they're not happy because you're trying to tell them how to run their courtroom. So they're not 
happy that people from the outside have a major uh, – uh, they're, they're, they're saying things. They're saying, are you crazy? What are you guys doing? This is nuts. You understand? So what happened was when all of that stuff stirred up, they were mad. I mean, pissed. And so they were like, well, we got to get him for something. And don't ever think that they're just going to be like, oh, you're fine. Don't worry. No. And they went and they found stuff. They was like, oh, no, we're going to get you for 80-something thousand dollars worth of medical medicine, medical uh, insurance um, uh, that you stole. And he was like, what are you talking about? I mean, my father had every ailment you could think of. If everything was shutting down, he was going blind. Um, it, well, he, he had to uh, do his uh, thing in court. He couldn't even, when they were asking him a question, he was like, I can't, I can't see it, but you can just tell me about it. It was deep. So anyway, um, like I said, he got sick, and when he got it, when he went to jail, uh, first thing he did was get something called CDIP. And what I understand is CDIP is something where you don't, um, it, it, it can it can stop you from walking, and it's it's like transferable. It's like if, if I'm a doctor or a nurse and I deal with you, and then maybe I go to the next patient without washing my hands, then that then the, then the next patient or the next patient, et cetera, can get this thing called CDIP. So he so his legs stop working. Two to two months, he, he wasn't walking. Then um, by that January, he had went into, uh, you know, he had many, many uh, strokes. And then, you know, he was gone by uh, by that spring. He was gone. You're tuned in to the thinking. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Author and speaker, Dr. Eddie Connor. I, I was reading something the other day, and it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's been 50 years since uh, Dr. King was killed. 50 years later, they're still killing kings, you know, uh, to, to really speak truth to power, but also to, to speak to our young men about uh, police brutality, but also the whole spectrum that, in many cases, they live in the crosshairs of society. We can give them all the, the tips, tools, and things of the trade of how to govern yourself accordingly, but we see young men all across America, and we, you know, uh, in many cases, we just become desensitized to a young man who is shot and killed because the police were threatened by the fact that he pulled something out of his pocket and it was a phone when they thought it was a gun. Practitioner and spokesperson, Dr. Victoria Dooley. I do feel strongly that as the African-American community and the church, we need to take mental illness more seriously, and we need to make it okay for somebody to seek out health care for mental health issues other than prayer. Absolutely, 100%. Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, Rochelle Riley. Uh, I, I can tell you, and before we leave uh, Ali, let me tell you that it wasn't just an interview with him, but my very first column called for the city of Louisville to have a museum for him because at that time there was nothing bearing his name except a little strip of street, you know, how it works in some cities where Martin Luther King Boulevard is in a part of town, but in the rest of the town it's named something else. That column ran, and the mayor and other folks who knew better and who were embarrassed by it said, okay, it's time, and that helped lead to this effort that had been going on for some time to 
raise $80 million to build the Muhammad Ali Center, which now exists on the banks of the Ohio River. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specialize in custom-made, all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248-820-3691. That's 248-820-3691 and order your custom basket today. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. I hope you enjoy part one of Justice or Just Us with educator and activist Kelly Williams Bolar. Let's hear the conclusion of part one of this amazing story. Yeah, and, they, and, the, and even the doctors, because at that time, the whole situation was very hot. The doctors knew who he was. They were trying to get him home. It was like, this man is not going to make it. The doctors was, were asking the judges, please let him go. But they had such a vengeance that they would not let him go. They had such, they had such venom, venom. They would not let him go, come home to die. And when we would go see him, he was shackled to the bed as if he was some rapist or murderer. All my father did was love his family. That was it. He was a good man, a good dad, a good daddy. And that man ended up dying 100 miles away alone, shackled. They, they shackle you to the bed like as if you're going to – he was on dialysis. He had a trach in his throat. Um, he couldn't he – I don't even know if he even knew we were there. And they got you shackled to the bed. It was just a whole ugly mess. But anyway, but I tell my story. I tell it and I tell it and I tell it and I tell it and I tell it because I, my father was such a good person and I just feel that I always want to uh, pay tribute to him and the whole situation, you know, because it was like all of this for education, literally. Did you end up having to pay the $30,000 fine? No, when I went to jail... They dropped it. Now, I did have to pay restitution. I did have, I had some things I had to pay, but I didn't have to pay that. Okay. Okay. And you mentioned uh, in our conversation off air about Governor Kasich stepping in to um, and intervene in some way um, because your uh, teaching certificate was revoked, right? Yes. He went – my yes, yes, I had a, a – a, not a, I wasn't a head teacher, but I, but I am in the classroom, and, and he did those things was revoked, of course, you know, because it's like you can't work in the classroom if you got felonies. But the governor 
John Casey got involved. He absolutely saved my life. His what I understand is his wife was watching the news. She saw what was going on. She told him, she, he, you know, you, please, you must do something. And he did. He got involved, and he was just saying, listen, you can't put every mom in jail for district jumping. That's what it was called back then, district jumping. He said, you can't put everybody in jail. He said, you know, you know how many people would be in jail for, for, for signing their kids up to another district from kindergarten all the way up? You know, people do it all the time. So he was able to, you know, really give me a second chance. And I will be forever grateful about that because he had what you call just common sense, just common sense. Now, he he was able to how he your 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 sentence was um uh, was 10 days and 3 years probation so my question is twofold um at what point did governor Kasich step in and then my second the second part of it is why didn't governor Kasich intervene on your father's behalf okay he stepped in immediately with my situation and to this day, I don't know why he did not step in with my father. I don't know if it's because he was getting too much. I don't know. Um, I know that he felt sorry for my situation. I do know that. But I always thought uh, that was something I always wondered as well, but I never really, like, spoke about it. But when it was going on, I was like, why didn't he say, you know, why didn't he help my dad? It's Especially when it seems like, the charges that were levied against him were trumped up charges, you know, where, where yours, yeah, where yours, where you, you admitted to lying about falsifying your, your home address and district jumping. Um, and, but, but your dad did absolutely nothing wrong. Right. That's right. And, and you, I don't know why no one said anything because so many people came to my rescue and my father, he had said it, too. You know, I mean, I just don't know. My dad mm-hmm. had said it, too. He was like, I don't understand why nobody, you know, has come to, tr- you know, try to help me. You know, we were just saying, just be strong. I, I know I was. I, me and my mom, we were just asking him, please be strong. I just thought he was going to make it. I, you know, I just thought, look, this is going to be something that we all got through, and it's going to, you know, it's going to be okay. And so, when, and so when Governor when Governor Kasich intervened on your behalf, how what what about your sentence changed? Because you, it's you said you served nine of the ten days, or did you serve the entire ten? And then you had three years probation. Right. Um, the probation stayed the same. Only thing changed was he dropped the felonies. He dropped them down to the lowest misdemeanors oh okay yeah and that was it everything else still applied and the and you didn't have to pay the thirty thousand dollar fine you just had to pay restitution yeah, absolutely and then do 80 hours of community service correct hmm wow and again the most unfortunate part about all of this is that your father was involved and ultimately lost his life as a result. Correct. Wow. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. I'm just, um, you know, listening to you talk about this and share your story. Um, is really just, uh, 
you know, it, it, it reveals the, the inequities within the criminal justice system. And, and um, you know, you know, it's just it's, it's sad to see how this all played out. And um, and so according to your bio, there were several celebrities and activists um, that got involved in your case. And, you know, Reverend Al Sharpton, Roland Martin, Julia Sheehan, Mayor Kevin Johnson, Leah Remney. Sean P. D. D. Combs, you know, at what point did that that um you start to get this uh um uh, did your case start to gain some notoriety and you begin to get contacted by these celebrities? Well, what happened and this is what I understand, uh I have a very sweet dear auntie uh who lives in Georgia. And when she heard when we called her, you know, sobbing and I was telling her what happened, I don't know if it was me or my mom, I don't know who called her. Somebody called her. I was so depressed at that moment in time. I can't tell you verbatim exactly what happened. But what I do know is that my auntie, she is a wonderful woman. This woman decided to take it upon herself to stay up 72 hours. She didn't sleep. She got on this thing, and she said, I'm going to learn how to uh, write on the Associated Press. You know, you get the Associated Press down at the bottom of the television screen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can see what's, mm. what's newest news. So she learned how to put that thread in. And she put that thread in. And let me tell you something. It wouldn't have never got to the magnitude it had gotten back in uh, eight years ago if it hadn't been for her. She put that thread in. And she made it very known. Mom arrested for uh, sending her kids to her parents' school district. Mm. When she did that, it took a whole life of its own. Believe me, it would not have been able to do what it did if it had not if it had not been for my auntie. And she stayed up, and she learned how to do that. That is not, she said, believe me, it was not easy. That is something that's just not given to people. You understand? You have to research and learn how to put those threads in those associated press, in the associated press. So when she did that, next thing you know, I started, uh, let me see, Leah Remy, she was probably one of the first people. She actually called. Like, she called. It was no team call for her. She called, talked to my dad. And uh, I remember that day so easily, so easy because I was like, who are you talking to? He's like, this is Leah Remy. I'm like, Leah Remy? Leah Remy? Mm-hmm. King of Queens, right. Yeah. yeah, you know, I was like, oh, that's so cool. You know, so I'm standing beside him on the phone, and then next thing you know, our phones just start lighting, lighting up like a Christmas tree. Like, it would not stop. Like, everybody was calling. Then, of course, I think um, we jolted something so deep in our own community because like Reverend Al Sharpton, uh, um, um, uh, oh my gosh, um, Santita's dad. Um, <laughs> Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson. How can I forget when I keep my brain freeze up like that? Um, they called and they were like, and they had their team on and they were like, listen, you know, your phones are probably bugged. I mean, this was deep. You would have thought we were definitely in the 60s because they were saying your phones they're bugs, believe me, right now. Hmm. Just watch what you're doing, watch what you're saying. You have to be very careful right now because and this is serious. You know, we were like, oh, we were scared to death. 
uh, we were get you know we got some we got some threats and stuff. We were absolutely scared, and people are crazy. Um, so yeah, that's how it that's how it happened. And they said, you know, all these people started calling. P. Diddy got involved. He was he was um very he was an activist in it. I mean, he was uh, on the radio stations. He was talking, you know, on our behalf. Um, and again, people were focusing more on on me because I was the female, the mom, than they were on my dad. Um, even when we both had the exact same charges, they still because I was the female. Yeah, I was the mom. You know, I mean, that's the only thing I can. That's the only thing I can rationally uh, say, you know. And um, but my goodness, they all came. Whoopi Goldberg, Sharon, um, Osborne, you know, all of those people. They all came to my rescue, um, and they absolutely helped save my life. Anyway. Don't 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 touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Mariah Powell with Mariah Powell Ministries, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is the Anniversary Show featuring meteorologist Denise Isaac and the music of lyricist Ty Scott King. Meteorologist from NBC10's Boston, Denise Isaac. What advice would you give a young person looking to get into this profession? Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. So continue to work hard. It's not easy. Uh, you may have to move to different cities, but it's okay. Really stay humble, you know, and, and learn as much as you can. Learn from others. Don't gossip. Because once again, it's a small business. You may think you'll never see uh, this person again, and then all of a sudden, guess what? You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show for over 10,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and now available at michaelnimmons.com. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you 
Who Told You That You Were Naked is a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. And this week's Thought of the Week, we harken back to a time just 11 years ago when our nation did something that many of us thought we would never see in our lifetime. In November of 2007, we elected Senator Barack Obama, the first African-American as president of the United States. And even though it seems that this happened centuries ago, given the current state of our democracy, this is still yet a refreshing moment of reflection, especially in a time when our nation seems as racially charged and as polarized as it has ever been. I want to take you back to election night of November 2007 at Hyde Park in Chicago, Illinois, when Barack Obama gave his victory speech as president-elect of the United States. Take a listen. I know you didn't do this just to win an election. I know you didn't do it for me. You did it because you understand the enormity of the task that lies ahead. For even as we celebrate tonight, we know the challenges that tomorrow will bring are the greatest of our lifetime. Two wars, a planet in peril, the worst financial crisis in a century. Even as we stand here tonight, we know there are brave Americans waking up in the deserts of Iraq and the mountains of Afghanistan to risk their lives for us. There are mothers and fathers who will lie awake after their children fall asleep and wonder how they'll make the mortgage or pay their doctor's bills, or save enough for their child's college education. There's new energy to harness, new jobs to be created, new schools to build, and threats to meet, alliances to repair. The road ahead will be long. Our climb will be steep. We may not get there in one year or even in one term, but America, I have never been more hopeful that I am tonight, that we will get there. I promise you, we as a people will get there. There will be setbacks and false starts. There are many who won't agree with every decision or policy I make as president. And we know the government can't solve every problem. 
But I will always be honest with you about the challenges we face. I will listen to you, especially when we disagree. And above all, I will ask you to join in the work of remaking this nation the only way it's been done in America for 221 years. Block by block, brick by brick, calloused hand by calloused hand. What began 21 months ago in the depths of winter cannot end on this autumn night. This victory alone is not the change we seek. It is only the chance for us to make that change. And that cannot happen if we go back to the way things were. It can't happen without you, without a new spirit of service, a new spirit of sacrifice. So let us summon a new spirit of patriotism, of responsibility, where each of us resolves to pitch in and work harder and look after not only ourselves, but each other. Let us remember that if this financial crisis taught us anything, it's that we cannot have a thriving Wall Street while Main Street suffers. In this country, we rise or fall as one nation, as one people. Let's resist the temptation to fall back on the same partisanship and pettiness and immaturity that has poisoned our politics for so long. Let's remember that it was a man from this state who first carried the banner of the Republican Party to the White House, a party founded on the values of self-reliance and individual liberty and national unity. Those are values that we all share. And while the Democratic Party has won a great victory tonight, we do so with a measure of humility and determination to heal the divides that have held back our progress. As Lincoln said to a nation far more divided than ours, we are not enemies, but friends. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. To those Americans who, whose support I have yet to earn, I may not have won your vote tonight, but I hear your voices. I need your help, and I will be your president too. And all those watching tonight from beyond our shores, from parliaments and palaces, to those who are huddled around radios in the forgotten corners of the world, our stories are singular, but our destiny is shared. The new dawn of American leadership is at hand. To those, to those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. of America, that America can change. Our union can be perfected. What we've already achieved gives us hope for what we can and must achieve tomorrow. 
This election had many firsts and many stories that will be told for generations, but one that's on my mind tonight is about a woman who cast her ballot in Atlanta. She is a lot like the millions of others who stood in line to make their voice heard in this election, except for one thing. Ann Nixon Cooper is 106 years old. She was born just a generation past slavery, a time when there were no cars on the road or planes in the sky, when someone like her couldn't vote for two reasons, because she was a woman and because of the color of her skin. And tonight, I think about all that she's seen throughout her century in America, the heartache and the hope, the struggle and the progress, the times we were told that we can't, people who pressed on with that American creed, yes we can. At a time when women's voices were silenced and their hopes dismissed, she lived to see them stand up and speak out and reach for the ballot, yes we can. When there was despair in the Dust Bowl and depression across the land, she saw a nation conquer fear itself with a new deal, new jobs, a new sense of common purpose, yes we can. When the bombs fell on our harbor and tyranny threatened the world, she was there to witness a generation rise to greatness and a democracy was saved. Yes, we can. She was there for the buses in Montgomery, the hoses in Birmingham, a bridge in Selma, and a preacher from Atlanta who told the people that we shall overcome. Yes, we can. A man touched down on the moon. A wall came down in Berlin. A world was connected by our own science and imagination. And this year, in this election, she touched her finger to a screen and cast her vote. Because after 106 years in America, through the best of times and the darkest of hours, she knows how America can change. Yes, we can. America, we have come so far. We have seen so much, but there's so much more to do. So tonight, let us ask ourselves, if our children should live to see the next century, if my daughters should be so lucky to live as long as Ann Nixon Cooper, what change will they see? What progress will we have made? This is our chance to answer that call. This is our moment. This is our time to put our people back to work and open doors of opportunity for our kids, to restore prosperity and promote the cause of peace, to reclaim the American dream and reaffirm that fundamental truth that out of many we are one, that while we breathe we hope, and where we are met with cynicism and doubt and those who tell us that we can't, we will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can. Thank you. God bless you. And may God bless the United States of America.
I want to give a special thanks to educator and activist Kelly Williams Bolar for sharing part one of her story with us. Tune in next week as we continue in our series of Justice or Just Us. We discuss John Legend's controversial remarks about Felicity Huffman's sentence, more about the case, what Kelly Williams Bolar is doing now, and much more. Be sure to tune in next week for the powerful conclusion of this series we're calling Justice or Just Us. Thank you again for tuning in to this week's show. We truly, truly appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web. Remember to share uh, all of our Facebook and social media posts on your feeds, on your on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. Let others know about what's going on on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We truly appreciate you. Thank you so much, even those of you who are listening for the first time. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes to listen to the show. And so until next time, always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show podcast. Be sure to support all of our radio show partners. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Want to book radio show host Michael Nimitz for a speaking engagement, book signing, or corporate event? Send an email to contact at michaelnimitz.com. Be sure to follow the show on all of its social media accounts on Instagram at the TOL Radio Show, on Twitter at TOL Radio Show, or on our Facebook fan page at www.facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Are you an entrepreneur? Want to advertise? Become a Thinking Out Loud Radio Show partner and take advantage of our free introductory advertising offers. Send an email to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at gmail.com for more details. Visit the new home of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at www.michaelnemons.com forward slash TOL Radio Show. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.